Hi, my name is Jennifer S. Royal. I'm listening to the amazing Culture Matters podcast. I just love the international character and learning wisdom and insights from people all around the world and what they do to connect with the world from wherever they are. Build your cultural competence, listen to interesting stories, learn about the cultural fails and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters on International Business. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan, a plan for people who are looking for a solution. He makes you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Every episode, he interviews a prominent guest who will tell you his or her story and share international experiences, making you more cultural competent. And now, here's your host, Chris Smith. Hi there, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you're listening to the Culture Matters podcast. You're more than welcome. My name is Chris Smith. We are on episode number 122. The guest name for this episode, this show, is Jennifer S. Royal. Jennifer S. Royal is an international magician, speaker, podcast performance consultant, and host of the Pure Mind Magic Show. She has also two academic degrees and is a published author. We talk about magic, we talk about how to do predictions, and then we segue into how do you connect magic to business. And then finally, we also talk about the podcast. It is an amazing interview, and I'm really happy that you're here and listening to it as well. Let's get right to the interview. It's time for this week's guest at Culture Matters. Good morning, Jennifer. How are you? Very good, Chris. How are you? I'm, I'm good as well. I had to rush a bit because I just came back from the gym. I had did my morning workout. Um, so it is morning here. Wow, what an opening bumper that was. Amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, uh, I just told you that uh, I did my, my morning workout, so at my side of the uh, uh, of the spectrum, it is morning. Um, what time is it at yours? Yeah, it's actually very seldom because I do a lot of podcast interviews and interview people on my own show, and mm -hmm. normally we are in completely different time zones, uh -huh. so this is really rare because we are actually in exactly the same, same time zone because I'm in Munich, so it is morning here as well. Okay, excellent. Yeah, that doesn't happen to me that often either. Uh, usually my podcast recordings are in the afternoon because usually it's uh, I have American guests, but you're not from the United States. You said you're in Germany, um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. We know where you are. What do you do? Where do you come from? Um, are you actually German as well? And what would you consider your so-called cultural frame of reference? Sure, Chris. So, yeah, I'm born in German. I uh, lived my whole life so far in German, but I love traveling the world. So I've been to the United States very often. And still, my big dream is to move completely to the United States. Okay. I'm also a big fan of the UK area because in UK, as well as 
in the United States, people really love magic and what I'm doing with this entertainment and combining mm -hmm. it with entrepreneurship and business in a total. So everyone knows that Germans are famous for being very serious, very analytical, very left brain. Mm -hmm. And that is true to a certain extent. So I always love to interconnect with people from around the world. And you can imagine, Chris, when you go to like magic conventions, you have about 2000 magicians from all over the world and this is really an awesome energy and there are really great things going on i can i can imagine so you are german you are currently in munich but you'd like to move to the united states Correct. You got that right. So okay. I'm, I'm traveling a lot. So I also uh, went to Singapore just to learn hypnosis there. I could uh -huh. have done this as well in Hamburg, but I thought that's just boring. So why not go for Singapore? And I made the experience when you do this seminars and lectures and workshops, like investing in yourself and mm -hmm. opening your mind, learning new things. It's really great when you go outside your country because obviously there will be very interesting people also from other places. So you learn mm -hmm. a lot about the other culture. And I found that then the seminar has a completely different dynamic than when doing it here in Munich, for example, where mm -hmm. you have most people just out of Munich. So it's nice, but it's so different. And when I did this uh, hypnosis session and uh, lecture there, so I got certified actually in the end. And we had 18 people really from Australia, uh, from Asia, from the United States, from everywhere. And it was just amazing. And mm -hmm. I, in the end, it was worth even more than the seminar itself, like interconnecting with all those okay. great people. Yeah, I can imagine that's uh, that's that's a good um, second benefit or maybe even first benefit in your case, like you said. Um, now, you, you're a magician. I want to talk about that as well. And you uh, that's what we could hear in the in the introduction uh, of yourself as well. You're also an international magician. You podcast as well. So I'm, um, I'm curious about what that is about. But the most curious thing I am about is your name at this moment. Jennifer S. Royal. To me, that sounds like Samuel L. Jackson, because no one ever calls him Samuel Jackson. It is always Samuel L. Jackson. What does the S stand for? What's, what's the story about that, please? Of course, Chris. So I won't give away the secret behind the S. And I found that interestingly, but this was after finding my new name that a lot of really successful and very interesting uh, people around the world have like this middle letter or whatever uh -huh. you would like to call it. So it's really interesting. You have J.K. Rowling True. and there are there are really many of them. So it's interesting. And even my business mentor from uh, London, Ron Chi Holland, and I just figured that out later. And I wanted to stick with my real name. So like going back to the roots, that is actually Jennifer for a very long time. I used a stage name for my magic career because I thought I have to kind of switch personalities when mm -hmm. I'm on stage. Mm -hmm. And the more I get into entrepreneurship and the whole business world, the more the two worlds like merge into each other. And I'm still me when I'm on stage and not like really a completely different character, like an actor. So I decided to change the name and I wanted to keep my real initials because I have this strange 
German last name that no American would understand. So <laughs> okay. I thought I would like to come up with something else. And the royal is like, because in in the United States, you are kind of treated like a royal when you are, you are a magician because they just love, love magic so much. Mm -hmm. And then it felt good. And I came in with the royal blue as a color and just everything kind of how Americans say fell into place. And I ended up with Jennifer S. Royal or JSR. JSR, Jennifer S. Royal. The S will remain a mystery forever. Um, while you were explaining this, I quickly Googled Samuel L. Jackson. Do you have any idea what the L stands for? <laughs> Actually not, but I'm really curious you telling me. <laughs> it's Samuel Leroy Jackson, and, and it's just on Wikipedia. But you're, you're not, I don't think you're on Wikipedia yet, are you? Not yet. I know this is still on my to-do list. I have to do that. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for reminding me. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so <laughs> let, let's get back to, to what, you, what you do, I think professionally as well. You are a magician, correct? That's correct. Okay. How did you, how did you get into that? Yeah, actually, that happened really early in my life. So I was just four years old where mm -hmm. I had the first contact and a friend of my father showed me how to make my thumb disappear. And that was really the turning point. So I got into magic and got my first magic set with seven. This is where I had also my first stage appearance. And mm -hmm. then I continued on this path, like becoming a member of the magic circle and really studying every field of magic, but I still got two academic degrees. So went down like the normal path and I worked in the TV and film industry for quite some time. And then I made the final decision to really go pro and become a professional magician. And since that, it also changed a little bit. So I got like you into consulting, mm -hmm. teaching people the magician's mindset, how to make the impossible possible and using like the magic principles that you use to build an illusion on stage for business and entrepreneurship. And that's really interesting and also really rewarding because you can imagine, Chris, that as a magician, you are not allowed to share the secrets no. itself, how the tricks work, of and course. especially when you're in the magic circle. So, but I wanted to add value from all the knowledge I gained over the years from all the psychology, like perception, like a distraction works, how to be more focused and present so that you can do like a magic show because it costs a lot of energy to be so present and doing different things. So creating one reality for the audience and having this other reality, what is going on really to make this illusion happen. And this is really a ton of knowledge. And I think I found a really good way to weave that into the business world so that entrepreneurs can benefit from it. Okay. Um, I, I'm really curious about that as well, because I, I wrote down magic with an arrow towards business. Um, just one question before I ask you that question. Is it is it true that when you talk about um, magic or, or being a magician, just the, just the more you pay for, for a trick, maybe that's a bad word to use, the, the more spectacular it is? Is, is, that, is there a truth in there? Well, to a certain degree, it depends because, as I said, there are several categories of magic. So you have this close-up magic where mm -hmm. everything is happening directly in front of you and sometimes even in the spectator's hands. And then, of course, you have this big illusions on the other hand where like trucks appear or disappear on stage. And also a very interesting field where <clears throat> the hypnosis goes in a little bit is mentalism, like everything that has to do with our mind, like 
reading thoughts mm -hmm. and telekinesis, like moving objects just with your mind. So this is really, really interesting, also predicting the future. Mm -hmm. And of course, when we look into making a truck disappear, then you would face like $100,000 around mm. to to make that work because you need a team and you need a yep. concept yeah, and everything yeah. obviously but then on the other hand when you look into close-up magic it is like it can take two years to train a certain sleight of hand to make this happen something that happens in like three or four seconds right. and it's another currency like energy you have to put in and focus and training and also when you go into mentalism, some of these effects just require a pen and paper and you can stun an audience of 500 people and they will never forget what happened. So mm -hmm. it's really tough to say that the more money, the better the effect. I True. wouldn't say it. So it, it really depends on what the goal there is. Yeah, and and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. what category you're talking about. Yes. Evidently, I mean, letting a truck disappear in, first involves a truck as well. Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, they have to, but then it's gone and you don't have a truck anymore. You have to buy a second truck, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> nice clue. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I, my simple mind would tell me. So um, is, is there any, any field you prefer to do in terms of your own uh, performance or tricks? I mean, in the categories? Yes, after the over the years, I really got uh, into mentalism a lot. I still also do all the other things because I found it is like the best to mix visual magic with mm -hmm. this mentalism. Mm -hmm. And mentalism led me into what I so call mind magic and what I'm teaching people so that they can create mind magic in their own lives. And mm. we know that everything actually starts in our mind. So every idea, everything comes up from our mind and we think between 70 to 90,000 a day and most of them are unconscious. And so thoughts. We, you're talking about thoughts, yes, 70 to 70,000 right. thoughts a day. Yes. Yes. And most of them are unconscious. So we don't know what's going on and we end up in these patterns. Mm -hmm. And magic is really completely about pattern interrupt. So when you go in a magic show, you never know what's happening next. So mm -hmm. there's nothing about routine or pattern or all of that. And we all know that when you want to make big changes or come up with something really new, you have to interrupt and break these patterns you are in. And most people find themselves in cycles in their lives that keep repeating and repeating repeating over and over so they always meet the same person like just with another haircut and when you ch don't change that in your inner world like in your mind there is no magic that can happen right so you have to start there and it's really easier to start things or change things in your mind than to move like big blocks around in the outer world so mm -hmm. magic is about getting the inner game right so that the outer world will follow and fall into place Right. Is is um, I'm, I want to talk about this business thing, but you you keep on bringing subjects that trigger more questions. Is is does this have to do with um, your belief, possibly maybe in uh, the, the power of the universe, or uh, how do you say that, uh, which was popularized in in the, the the movie and book, The Secret? Um, is is that is that the direction you're you're talking or thinking about? Well. 
kind of, but there is actually more than the secret and the law of attraction. So it's yeah, not like sitting there and thinking of something and it just will happen. I just say it starts in, in yourself. So you have to get this clarity and there are way better strategies out there that come really, really close to real magic, but they are scientifically proven and it would we would go too far when I would go into this whole world right now. So it has to do with quantum physics and this is where I like ending up with my studies because I was always thinking, what would I do if I could do magic for real, like having this superpower? And I was sure that there is something like that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the secret is nice and there are good ideas in it. And uh, also about like imagining things and visualization. And when you listen to J.K. Rowling, the author of Harry Potter, she said that everything that happened in her life, like with all the book deals, the film deals, her amusement park and just everything she imagined that in her mind first before it actually happened and she says that this is our human superpower and it really is when you know how to use it right and of course as a magician you have to use it because you have to imagine that this car or airplane or whatever is appearing on stage and then you sit down and do this reverse engineering and see how you can bring it into reality and really make it happen i find that so darn difficult personally um, doing um, meditation is one thing but visualization as well um, but anyway that's that's a, that's a different that's maybe for for another podcast or for a, a glass of wine or something um because the, i want to move on and 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 go go towards the business side and the international or intercultural side of, of being a magician. In your bio, it says you're an international magician. How, how do you, what is an international magician as opposed to a magician? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to make clear that I'm like doing magic all over the world. Uh -huh. So I did shows in, in different countries, also United States, UK and in Abu Dhabi. So I, I really like that. And also the, the German speaking area like Switzerland and Austria. Mm -hmm. So to make clear that I'm not only based in uh, Germany and at the moment I'm also uh, negotiating with an LA producer to do something for TV, like a series that has to do with magic because people mm -hmm. are still so much interested yeah. in it. So yeah this is a term okay so having having said that i mean you've you've done a couple of shows in in different countries uh the uae um the us you said as well and and other german-speaking countries to what extent do does your audience appreciate different kind of jokes are americans more uh like you i mean you said something about this in the in the beginning already the germans are more strict if you want or more square what what what's the difference between a a german audience and an american audience for instance yeah, it's really like a day and night. So okay. it is it is kind of tough sometimes to break the ice with a German audience. Mm -hmm. And Germans are just, I think, not that funny. And <laughs> Americans are, on the other hand, used to entertainment. So when you look into Hollywood, there is nothing worldwide that kind of compares, not even Bollywood. I mean, it's just Hollywood and Americans spend a lot of money for entertainment and mm -hmm. also like buying TV, uh, I mean, concert tickets and everything. So they are just used to it. And as I said, so this magic industry is huge in America. Yeah. And for example, with this magic props and magic tricks, people in America spend for that per year $600 million. So 
there's nothing that compares to that in Europe. Mm. And so you see all this interest in it. And also when you look into like Disney World and all that, so yeah. they are they are more open. And this is why, yeah, they welcome you completely different and they are so happy. And then they're, they're mind-blowing blown when you are doing something for them and it's it's just really a good feeling when you are a magician and doing that it, i guess it's more rewarding because they're Definitely. they're much more enthusiastic about it yes yes yeah. yes and and they're really open so uh they do it because a lot of magic is obviously interactive and you need an assistant or someone to help you with something that this effect can be accomplished mm -hmm. and it's way easier to do this with, with americans and it's it's just great when when they laugh after words and they are really stunned so yeah that's really cool and this is something money can't buy yeah 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 i can i can imagine so how how does a german audience react and all like no no smile at all just three claps or knocks on tables or what <laughs> do, they, do they do yeah it, it is of course still working it, it's just different and it takes longer to get them into let's say mm. the magic world and to create this magic atmosphere so where they feel good and they where they feel secured so mm -hmm. that they start to open up and are ready for the magic okay and and is it like like um like having a, a german beer because if you ask for a german beer you ask for the beer and then and then you want to take it and they say no 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 a good beer has to wait six minutes or something out of there's a time frame <laughs> around that i mean is that the same with a joke i mean or with a trick you start and then you wait six minutes and they say now now the clue comes or not <laughs> Well, I think, no, it's, it's not like that. So when it's pretty clear and it's a joke, then people also laugh. But actually, I'm not that much into like what you would call about comedy magic. So it's more like with suspense yeah. and also sometimes goosebumps when I go into this mind reading stuff what people seem to really love. So then you have other emotions and people sometimes are scared or they start to believe that I really have uh, superpowers or extraordinary abilities or anything else that's supernatural. And I always say that I, I don't. So it's just psychology, a lot of training. Yeah, I what have a disappointment. <laughs> yeah, I thought so that you would say that now. But uh, yeah, Actually, some of my colleagues use this kind of disclaimer in shows yeah. and uh, yeah, set themselves apart so that it is clear it's just entertainment and yeah, 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 yeah. nothing else there. But it's nice. So, I mean, it's a good compliment because it enforces that the illusion is so perfect that people actually buy into it yeah. and uh, think it's real. Yeah, I, c I can imagine. Is, is that, can you also make a distinction there in different cultures? I mean, the audience in the U.S., Seems to be more seems to be more well if you want appreciative or more more go with the flow with you if you want, uh, while Germans tend to be more strict. Is that is can you also say if you do this, this say this prediction uh, um, thing or or mind reading are Americans more open to that and Germans more closed as well? Mm, that's hard to say because. Also, Germans are curious. And uh -huh. interestingly, when you do, do this mentalism, it's often, for example, that I uh, tell them to touch an item yeah. and put it in a bag and without me looking at it. And afterwards, I can sense the energy and give this special item back to the several people that have put it into the bag. And while I'm doing this, I'm like connecting with the matrix or energy field of this item because everything, this is really also science we are touching takes on our like energetic dna 
So everything that surrounds you has your energy. Mm -hmm. And then I can tap into that. And from that, I can tell things about this person. So who this person is, what they're doing, what's going on in their life at the moment. And everyone is very interested when you are telling them something about themselves. It's, and so, okay, let's just get this clear. Is this a trick you're doing or is this something that, that real, that Jennifer as Royal can really do? <laughs> um, I think I shouldn't get it, uh, give it away right now okay. <laughs> to uh, keep your illusion. Yeah. yeah, as I said, I'm doing everything for entertainment purpose, but yeah, 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 okay. uh, doing it for so many years, there are a lot of things involved to create this illusion. And this is something uh, with this uh, different items that seems to have a really big impact mm. on people. And sometimes they are talking about it for years and also telling mm. the story all over. And very often they come to me after the show and uh, sit tell me because I have never met them obviously and they come and say you got it 100% right mm, yeah I can imagine it's, it's interesting I mean it, in in indeed I think I, I wonder I mean I think uh, I was going to say culture um, is there's nothing that cult, that's culturally neutral I think magic is also not culturally neutral to the extent that I think we've established that that um, the audience in the US is is different from the audience in Germany that makes magic already not culturally neutral if you want. But I think, I mean, what everybody, like you said yourself, is interested in hearing somebody else talk about them. I mean, if you would assess me, I would listen to what your assessment would be, right? And, and uh, or, or your mind reading or future telling, et cetera, et cetera. I think people would indeed generally be, be interested in that. Is, how, how do you then, how do you then bridge this to business? Because magic seems to be so remote from business, other than that you can make money as a magician. But now you're you're talking about real business. How do you what what's the bridge? Of course. And maybe just one last thing to the culture yeah. where I see this big advantage in magic because it like it makes all these limitations disappear. So with magic you can create something for everyone. So it doesn't matter what what religion they are in or how old they are or where they come from. It's like with magic you create this unity for the time of the show. Mm -hmm. And this is something what I think is really special to magic okay yeah yeah makes make i think that makes good sense i think i mean i mean children i think all over the world like like magic tricks and can be can be awed and amazed by by magic tricks as such so um, true yeah so, then let's go back to your question about uh, the business yeah and first of all it's in the term itself, like we are talking about show business. And there's one thing uh -huh. of being a good magician. And then there is the other side of being a good salesperson or business person. And many magicians are really good, but they uh, suck at selling. And it's it's really true. So this is, this is a tough thing. And you can learn a lot from show business, how this is working and also like, in the end, I mean, as a magician, we are selling illusions. So we are selling nothing. It's just an illusion. So you have to be good at doing that. Mm -hmm. So this is one thing you can learn and also about the communication and influencing people. Because obviously, when you have someone on stage, then you have to make sure that they are following instructions. So you have to be this kind of authority yeah. that people can take you serious and do exactly what you want 
them to do. Okay. Because it's really when they don't, they can uh, ruin the whole effect. Mm. So that's really simple. And this comes down to having this good communication skills and also like persuasion and influence in a positive way. Mm. And it also has to do with analyzing people like even going into profiling. So when you pick up someone on stage, you have just a few seconds to decide whether this person is working on stage or not. So right. you're gonna study all the body language, how they are looking and everything. And then it's the same when we look into business meetings. So for a magic show, obviously there's a lot of pressure involved because you have just this one shot. So it's not like in filming and you can start from yes, the beginning. Yeah, you, you yep. go out and it has to work. It's so life. I, yep. Yes, you are the only one where the whole pressure is on. So you are the magician. It's not like with a singer and you have dancers and, and everything. I mean, also, of course, in, in a magic show, sometimes you have, but you are the one running the show. So like you are the CEO mm -hmm. on stage yep. and all the attention is on you and you have to to be able to work with this pressure, even on days when you don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. And there's this nice saying, the show must go on. So mm -hmm. it's true. And then when you look into businesses, sometimes there's also a ton of pressure when it's about a very important business deal and you have to cope with this pressure and stay calm inside. Also, when all this pressure is on you, so you have to work. And there are techniques that you can uh, learn from being a magician and really going out well prepared. So this is one of the key elements also in magic. Even when it just takes a few seconds on stage, there is a lot of preparation involved to come up with this effect. And the easier it looks, most of the time, the more preparation is involved. And mm. I'm sure, Chris, you notice from your own experience that you have a, a different presentation and a different appearance when you feel really well prepared. So sure. you have another level of confidence. And I say that in this kind of thing that it's said like that the magician is the most smart person in the room <laughs> in the sense of knowing everything the audience is not knowing because he or she is the only one who's knowing what is happening next. Mm -hmm. And this True. is also something that you can learn, like building up this confident and knowing exactly what you're doing, having all this clarity and also like having a backup plan. Mm -hmm. This is something I learned from psychology, like in tennis, because, you know, you have two balls, you have two chances when you open the match. And it's same in magic that you feel good when you have like this backup in your magic case. So mm -hmm. in, in case you are dropping a prop or something else, you know that you have something there. And just the feeling of having that sitting in your uh, mm -hmm. case is really good. And these are like small tricks, I would say, but can that can have a huge impact in uh, being successful in business and business right. meetings. Yeah, and and this is and and that is part. I mean, other than than being a true, true, true magician, this is what you do on your your business if you want consulting side. Yes. Okay. All right. And 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 then, uh, what kind of clients do you get then? I mean, I don't need to have names, etc. But what kind of people come to you? 
Yes, a lot of people that are making the transition into becoming an entrepreneur mm -hmm. or people that are stuck in their business, like hitting a plateau and they can't break through it. So they are like trapped in this pattern where I was talking about and they are doing things always in the same way and wondering why, why they don't get different results. Mm -hmm. And I bring in really fresh perspectives and uh showing them things they haven't seen so far because why magic is working is that you only see what you know mm -hmm. so you don't know that we have certain gimmicks in magic so you can't right. see them and every time you're learning something new you open your up you open yourself up for seeing more things mm -hmm. and this is also yeah something that's working really well so i have a completely different approach to all this consulting thing but people seem to really enjoy working with me and imagine. the energy uh, behind it so yeah I, i love what i'm doing and as i said that i'm able now to create even more value than just being the entertainer on stage yeah 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 so let, let's let's just segue into uh into your podcast because you are a colleague podcaster as well total different subjects why talk about culture you have a podcast which is called the pure mind magic show yes that's true okay what do you do there yeah it goes about down the same rabbit hole with that starting <laughs> with <laughs> the mind and everything that has to do with the mind like as i said with quantum physics and everything you can learn from the magic mind for your business and for life in general. Mm -hmm. And this is where kind of my my journey started to think of how I can create this value. And I always say that I'm interviewing brilliant minds from around the world because a lot of people are creating magic on their terms in just mm -hmm. other fields than being a magician on stage. And I talk with them and ask really deep questions on what my audience can learn from that. And it's, it's really great because it's having like, my own show you know that chris like having an own radio show so yeah. i think podcasting is really powerful and you are there in complete control so you are the show master mm -hmm. and you're gonna decide who will come onto the show and who won't and what questions will you ask so mm -hmm. i just love podcasting for me it has to do a lot with performance like what i learned from magic and uh, yeah it's, it's just amazing doing it and i'm sure you can relate to it like you are after now producing 122 episodes right yeah absolutely yeah for me it's a it's a it, it started it's for me that started as a as a as a very young kid i was 15 years old and i i just love this whole concept of radio and while my my schoolmates were recording the music from like from the top 40 if you want i was recording the disc jockey so i wasn't <laughs> interested in the music that much i was recording the disc jockey and, and wondering how do you do what you do what what is the What's the what's the what, what's the magic if you want or what's the recipe that that you do what between these records what do you do uh, so I I I was intrigued by that and from from 15 years old till till about 30 about 15 years uh, long I was a, a radio disc jockey uh, I did drive-in shows etc so this whole phenomenon of of radio uh, or, or or audio recording if you want a radio is very um, always I've liked it a lot. Also, I think because it's very forgiven. Uh, I mean, I've done shows actually in in a t-shirt and in even in my PJs, you know, because nobody can see you anyway. So, and, and just make sure the audio quality is is good enough, and and have nice people on board like yourselves. And then I'm I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So that's that's it. And yeah, I can I can completely relate to uh, to what you're doing there. Uh, how many shows have you done so far? 
I'm close to 100 now, so okay. I already record. I already recorded more of them, so they are like in the pipeline to uh, get released because mm -hmm. I do two episodes uh, a week. Right. And I think, by the way, Chris, that you would make a really good guest because <laughs> you have a brilliant mind as well, obviously. <laughs> well, thank you for the compliment. Compliment. We should fix a date for that then. Um, yeah, why? Why not? Why not? Uh, so, okay. Um, where I was in control, you're not in control. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sure, of course. So, uh, sorry for that. Go ahead. So, this is uh, when you are a magician for so long, it, it's really yeah, it, it just imagine. happens. So, subconsciously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you do? Um, oh. I, I'm uh, I'm working towards the end. I'm looking at the recording time, and we're about thirty minutes, little over thirty minutes. And most of the of my recordings are about around the thirty minutes. But when it's really interesting, I don't mind going over this. And I hope the audience likes this as well. Can you do a, a um, like a trick or magic on a podcast as well? Yeah. Can, can actually, you do one right now? Chris, because I got this uh, ask often, I'm in imagine. the process of uh, working on it at the moment so uh -huh. that I'm doing something because I did also like yourself uh, radio shows before or uh, let's say in another way. So I was the guest there and I found ways to do it. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of tough, obviously, because you don't have the visual element to it. So it's work in progress. And mm -hmm. maybe when you come on to my show, so then okay. I can uh, do it with you there. That's a deal i like that i appreciate that all right then okay <clears throat> the final two questions that i ask every guest um the one i prepped you for already uh, before uh, pressing record here can you give us three tips to become more culturally competent from your own travel experience magic experience business experience any kind of experience Yes, of course. So I would say travel whenever you can, because traveling and seeing other cultures really makes you richer because it broadens your horizon. And as I said, when you learn something new, you will see new opportunities. So I see like doing this cultural things and interacting with other people from around the world. It's really a huge investment mm -hmm. in yourself. Yes. And I would also say be adventurous. Like it's also with magic. So magic brings up the child in you. And when you go back into this mindset, like being adventurous, being curious when you are out there and just take your time and don't plan, just visit a city and see where you end up. I did this very often mm -hmm. and came up with amazing magic ideas. It's just like magical in itself when you do it. And then number three, what I think most of your guests advise is just stay open-minded. I think mm -hmm. it's really dangerous. The dangerous, the most dangerous thing you can say is that I know that already. Mm -hmm. So because then you are close and you are not taking in anything new. So stay open-minded, see what is happening and uh, see who you might meet and then just go with the flow. Okay, excellent, excellent stuff. I got that all written down. It'll be in the show notes, um, and the show notes will be found, can be found, culturematters.com. Just click on the podcast tab, and you will find Jennifer S. Royals episode there as well. Final question, Jennifer. How can people get in touch with you? Sure, Chris. So 
I'm not a big fan of social media, actually. The only <laughs> thing I'm really using on a daily basis is LinkedIn. So you mm -hmm. get me there when you search for Jennifer S. Royal. And uh, I'm also taking all the, the contacts I'm, I'm getting there. Mm -hmm. And then my site is getting brand new now. You can go to jennifersroyal.com. So all in one word, that would be jennifersroyal.com. And if you like, you can listen to my show, Pure Mind Magic, wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. Great. That'll be in the show notes as well. I thought it was a magical experience, Jennifer. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'm pretty sure we'll bump into each other in the future. I'm sure too. And I now looking forward to welcoming you on my show. Excellent. Looking forward to that as well. You take care. Thanks again, Jennifer S. Royal. I like the, the S idea. All right. Um, the end of the show is here. Subscribe to my podcast if you haven't done so. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a, um, a review in iTunes, of course. The music that you hear in the background is from Ben Sound. Check it out at bensound.com. My name is Chris Smith. This was the Culture Matters Podcast. And I'll be back in two weeks' time. You can also listen to podcast number 121 with Angela Battencourt, where we talk about Sierra Leone, the country in West Africa, and the good news from Africa as well. See you then in two weeks' time. Bye. That's it for this episode. Culture Matters, making you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution.